Welcome to Untamed Intimacy, the show that helps you get to the core of what creates safety, love, connection, passion, and pleasure in your relationship. You'll learn how to resolve conflict, communicate authentically, and rekindle passion. So you can create untamed intimacy in your relationship. I'm Ani Manian. And I'm Lee Noto. We're the founders of Untamed Intimacy. And together, we serve couples all around the world to help them create the wildest love they have ever known. We believe that our relationships are the most powerful vehicles for growth, and our partners are our greatest teachers. If you're ready to create untamed intimacy in your relationship, then this is the podcast for you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that, and you'll be notified as soon as we drop a juicy episode. And if you really love and receive value from this podcast, we'd like to ask two things. Please leave a five-star review and consider connecting with us on Instagram at untamed underscore intimacy. And take a screenshot of your favorite episodes and share them in your stories so others can find this content too. And if you'd like to be coached live on air or have any questions that you'd like answered on the show, visit us at untamedintimacylive.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Untamed Intimacy Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a really deep yet simple topic, and that is the spiritual purpose behind relationships. Yes, that's right. There is a spiritual purpose behind every single relationship. Well, I was going to say especially the romantic relationships that we find ourselves in. So just when you think that your partner is a complete pain in your ass and there is no other reason why they have come into your life other than to torment you. And pain in, pain in the ass is probably um, one of the milder terms that a lot of people have used for their partners, right? We've, um, we've all been pushed to our very limits um, and we've found ourselves at the at the end of our vocabulary of colorful words hmm. that we use to describe how heinous and treacherous and vile and uh, terrible this other person is. Because in that moment, we're overtaken by so much anger. We're overtaken by this righteous rage that boils inside of us. And we've been there right? Like we've been there so many times yeah. where we've been so angry at each other. And I'm going to say something that may feel a little edgy for you. Um, but this is something that we've taken refuge in, even in the most intense of conflicts. Yeah. it's It's been fascinating to be on this journey in relationship because the moment that I realized that you came into my life for many reasons, but one of them specifically to help me heal through childhood trauma, it was very clear to me that every time we've been in conflict, there is something there for me. There is a gift for me. And this goes beyond the sort of find the gift in every situation cliche. There is true depth and purpose behind how and why we attract each other, even from a metaphysical perspective. 
And so the nugget that this conversation is going to be centered around is that we're almost never angry at our partners. We're never actually experiencing another human being in a direct way. Even when we're just besides ourselves because we're so hurt, we're so angry, we're in such deep conflict, maybe this is a situation where we've been cheated on, we've been betrayed, our trust has been broken. And it really, really, really feels like the other person is responsible for this experience that's happening inside. Something to remember is that we never directly experience any other human being or actually any other circumstance. We're always experiencing our own thinking in our body as the feeling. So we live in a feeling of our thinking. And sometimes this feeling is coming from our thinking about our partner. And here's the, here's the gift. Here's a bit of solace. Um, and I say this with a lot of emotion because we actually just concluded a, what, two and a half day war. <laughs> um, we had a really intense period of conflict and this, this little nugget actually got us through. Um, it kept us from going, you know, all the way to breaking points. And here's the thing. What we do in relationships is we essentially use our partner as an external object to project our internal experience. So in a way, in a conflict or even zooming out in a relationship, what we're doing is we're using our partner as this trusted spiritual object to project all our stuff on. And this stuff can be our insecurities. So I may think, oh, Lee, like, you know, you probably think I'm not enough blank, right? Now, that's not a thought that she might have ever had, but that's perhaps an insecurity that I have about myself. But because, you know, we have a big challenge seeing ourselves really clearly, because when we look at ourselves, it's almost like the picture goes dark. And the spiritual aspect of all of this is that our partners are here as guides, as mirrors for us to know ourselves deeper and know ourselves better. And the way this happens is that take this little um, thought, it could be an insecurity, it could be an internal war that's being played out inside me. So I may be angry with myself because I keep um, letting myself down because I say I keep, you know, avoiding going to the gym. And I see her um, working out and I suddenly feel this flash of anger. And I can't explain it, but I feel angry with her, right? Now I've made her the object of that emotion. But what's really happening is I'm angry with myself because I've let myself down. But that piece of me letting myself down and me feeling angry with myself is in my unconscious. And so what happens is our partners unwittingly, they don't know this, right? 
And most people don't realize this, but our partners somehow, magically, unbeknownst to them, enroll themselves into our internal drama. We project our insecurities, our fears, our desires, our rage, our sorrow, our, our grief, all of these emotions, all of these internal experiences we projected onto them. And it really looks like they are the object in our drama. It really looks like they're the ones who are causing this experience inside of us. But if we wait long enough, if we introspect long enough, we can trace it back to the experience that's happening inside of us that we're actually projecting onto them, right? We're using them and we use them innocently. There's an innocence to this. And the thing is, most people don't actually understand this. And this is the root cause of, you know, many, many, many countless relationship conflicts that ultimately lead to separation, sometimes permanent separation. But deep down, what's happening is that it's our internal experience being projected onto our partner. But get this, this is happening so that we can ultimately work it out. So we can ultimately figure it out. So we can ultimately figure out what is that need that's being um, unmet? What is that issue that we're carrying anger for, for decades, sometimes lifetimes? What is that thing that we're still grieving? And because we can't look into ourselves as clearly, we can't look into our own unconscious. Just like when you're driving a car, you can't drive the car forward and also keep your head turned back and look at the cars coming from behind. That's why we have rear view mirrors. So partners function the same way. And what they do is they give us a gift. They give us the gift of being able to see what's happening inside of us. Because when they act as these objects, these screens that our movie internal drama is projected on, they give us a chance to observe it. Because now it's outside of us. Now it's being projected on something that's outside of us. And now we can see it. Now we can experience the emotion. And once we can experience the emotion, we can access what's underneath the emotion, what's causing the emotion. And when we can access that, we actually have a shot at resolving that, bringing that to a conclusion. And that's how we come to know ourselves deeper. And that's the gift that our partners give us. Yeah. And this is something we spoke about in the first episode that Ani and I aired together, which was seeing our relationship as a vehicle for growth, as a vehicle for our evolution. And that is a part of the spiritual gift in all of this. And so I'll give you an example from our relationship. Um, this is something that we literally just discovered today. So like Ani had mentioned, we've been in uh, a bit of a two-day saga around some of the tendencies that I inherited in my childhood, including, but not limited to, projection, anger, defensiveness, denial, avoiding responsibility, the list goes on. Now, some of these may sound familiar to you because perhaps you too have possessed these qualities or your partner has possessed these qualities or maybe you saw this in your parents' marriage growing up or in a friend. And these aren't bad things to demonstrate. 
we all have protective mechanisms that allow us to keep ourselves safe, especially in childhood when there is no other way to protect ourselves other than to create an emotional barrier of some sort. And so in childhood, we pick up and we learn from the people around us around how to support ourselves. And if we grew up in an environment where there was emotional abuse, verbal abuse, neglect, physical or sexual abuse, or any of those things, then we created very intelligent ways to protect ourselves. Now, as it happens, until we learn to question these things in adulthood, then we don't recognize that these behaviors and patterns are running our lives in the background. And so we may find ourselves going from one relationship to the next, wondering why the same pattern keeps playing out, perhaps pointing the finger at the partner, and just seeing the same story happen over and over again. And this was the case for me, and I think in Ani's ways, this was the case for him in many of his past relationships. But I had come to notice, particularly in this relationship, because Ani was not shy to point it out, that in conflict, my tendencies were to deflect, deny, avoid responsibility, try to be right, avoid being wrong, defend, protect. I mean, I had like Fort Knox around me. I would build it up very quickly when conflict would transpire. Now, I learned those qualities in childhood, one, because I saw them displayed for me, and two, I used them as a protective mechanism in my relationship with my mother. And no doubt, these qualities were passed down to her and on and on and on. And so something you know, throughout these last two days that we had discovered is in the past year of our relationship, when conflict would arise, I would often use these defense mechanisms of anger, lashing out, defending myself. And it felt very frustrating, certainly for Ani to receive this anger and vitriol, which seemed uh, disproportionate for anything that was happening. And for me, I just couldn't figure out why I reacted in that way. And it seemed like this pattern that had power over me that I couldn't stop. No matter how many times I gave my word to something, no matter how many times I wrote something down, I put an affirmation on the mirror, I journaled about it every day, I was becoming so frustrated with feeling like I was powerless to these behaviors. And as we started to uncover what is really there, what was really there beneath this, I had recognized that I had built up so much anger for myself because when all of these things were happening when I was a child, I didn't know how to protect myself. And you were really young, right? Very young. I mean, from, you know, ages probably three to eight, nine. Right. And at the age of three, right? For a child, there is no internal sense of safety. There isn't an internal ego structure that can buffer and protect a child. The child actually relies 100% on his or her primary caregivers, which are usually parents. And, you know, a lot of us, we grow up in less than nurturing environments where, you know, something very simple as a baby not being picked up when it's in distress can cause trauma. 
Yeah. So in discovering this, I felt a huge release because I finally recognized that my anger truly wasn't for my mother or any of my other caretakers that I had growing up. The anger that I held on so tightly to that I had many times projected at Ani was anger that I held for myself. So it was no wonder I couldn't get away from it because I had never resolved it. As many times as I had done forgiveness exercises for my mother, for others, ho'oponopono, writing them letters. I mean, I've, I've tried most everything. The one place I didn't really look to was within. And it's fascinating because it took tension and conflict for us to meet each other in a place of deep discomfort yet connection in helping me to see what was truly there for me and in helping me to uncover this deep wound that I had felt that I had never recognized was recognized was there. And when the words came out of my mouth, when I said to you earlier today, I just feel so angry with myself because I couldn't protect myself and I didn't know how to protect myself. It made it very clear to me that the only place to turn on this journey in terms of support and nurture is inward. And when we go on that exploration, we can do healing and integration in our shadow realm. And when we explore shadow aspects, the the parts of us that are unconscious that kind of lurk in the background and can sometimes run our lives without us knowing it, when we start to see those qualities for what they are and embrace them and welcome them as Thomas Hubel would say, childhood heroes, which is something you shared with me today. Yes. So... Here's a a really beautiful perspective that one of my teachers offers, which is a lot of these tendencies in our adult lives seem like liabilities, right? They seem like these unwanted evil visitors, these entities that we try to get rid of. And it makes sense, right? If you have this tendency of, um, of lashing out against your partner, of creating conflict in your relationship. Any sane person would look at that and say, wow, that's very problematic. That's keeping us from having a you know happy, peaceful, successful relationship. We need to get rid of that. And when we do, then everything will be great. Now, what Thomas says is that every one of those tendencies, he doesn't consider them something to get rid of. That's like getting rid of an arm. Because each one of those tendencies are childhood heroes. Mm. And when I told Lee this earlier today, we both started crying. Because I felt deep inside myself how big of a hero this tendency of being defensive had been. How big of a hero this tendency of um, projecting had been. Because... At the age of two, when she was completely defenseless, she developed these mechanisms to keep herself safe. So when we look at these tendencies in a relationship and we, in a black and white way, 
say, well, this is bad. We need to get rid of that. We're missing the point. We're missing the point because what that tendency wants and needs is not to be eliminated. It wants to be loved. Hmm. Because that tendency actually kept the person safe, in this case, my partner, for 28 years. Right? It kept her safe for 28 years. What that tendency wants to know is that she's safe. And that tendency doesn't need to be on guard 24-7 to keep her safe. And so you can think of these tendencies as bodyguards, right? You can think of these tendencies as your personal team of bodyguards that keep you safe. And what the bodyguard wants is the most is to make sure that you're safe, right? That's the number one priority. And when the bodyguard can feel that you're safe and there's no danger, there's no threat, then they can relax, right? They can go for a walk, they can rest, they can go chill. And it's the same for our tendencies. So what we want to do is not banish these tendencies but to honor these childhood heroes because they're, they've been playing a role. They've been playing a protective role in our lives, our entire lives from well before we were conscious of them. And what they want is respect. What they want is acceptance. What they want is to be honored. And you may do this in a in a in a really beautiful way you could imagine that you're honoring someone who's been out at war defending their country mm. right and they come back home after the war and you're holding a ceremony to honor them for their service and you can hold a service like this for each one of your bodyguards and you can let them know that they can rest mm. and you can let them know that they can relax. You can let them know that it's okay. And when you do, and when they feel it, they can do so. And they can go down to Florida, <laughs> get on a boat and, retire and just with chill the rest in the of sun. The snowbirds. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what all of our bodyguards want. They want to be in Florida on a beach. With all the spring breakers. Uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a really beautiful exercise. And to start you off, for those of you that may feel challenged with uncovering what some of those tendencies or bodyguards are, um, an activity that I worked on yesterday that was really helpful was simply journaling in a private journal around the tendencies that I've seen in myself. And so I filled a whole page with things like I have lied, I have cheated, I have stolen, I have manipulated, I have denied, I have shirked responsibility, I have betrayed. And anything that I could ever think of doing, I wrote on that paper. And not to shame myself, but simply to speak something that I've been locking away that has been eating at me because I just wanted to hide these qualities because if anyone found out that I 
had ever done any of these things, then I might lose love. And so journaling those things out allows you a space to see some of the things that are are there. And there's nothing good or bad, right or wrong about them. They're simply bodyguards that have been here to protect you. And being able to acknowledge them and witness them is one of the huge parts of this integration process. And it'll also give you a clear list of some of the things that you may want to hold a ceremony for. So perhaps I could choose from my list holding a ceremony around defensiveness or around projection or shutting down and holding these things with reverence. I remember watching a talk by Matt Kahn um, on shadow parts and he said the only thing these parts of us want to know is that we respect their power because they are really powerful. And the more we try to avoid them and not pay attention to them, the more they run amok and take over in the background, in the unconscious shadows. So we've oftentimes said, hey, control, I respect your power. Or hey, jealousy, I respect your power. And this doesn't mean you're giving this quality permission to take over. It just means you're acknowledging that this thing, this part of all of us, is a powerful force. And when we can just acknowledge its presence, it allows this tendency to be seen and to rest. Because ultimately, all we want ever as humans is to be seen and to be known and to be loved. And I want to introduce a perspective that's going to be very different from anything you've ever heard about relationships. If you're having a lot of conflict in your relationships, you're in the right place. It's a good thing. Do you want to know why? Why? (laughs) So if conflict is happening, it means that on some level, your partner feels safe enough to express their dysfunction. Hmm. And I would put the word dysfunction in air quotes because what what appears to be dysfunctional for adults is actually extremely functional for the child. So in Lee's case, that bodyguard, that protector was very, very functional. It kept her alive, right? But as an adult, that would keep her from having a loving, intimate, close, successful relationship. And I say successful, you know, that's a very subjective way to think about a relationship. It's not necessarily just by how long you stay together or if you're married, the fact that you aren't divorced. Um, That's not success, right? To me, success in a relationship is the amount of growth you can experience together. So, Why is conflict actually a marker for success in a relationship? Now, in our case, we've experienced absolutely insane amounts of conflict. Wouldn't you say so? I'd say it's been pretty intense conflict, yeah. Right, really intense. And on one hand, we can look at this and say, well, I don't think we're meant to be together. I don't think this is working. And we've said that, right? Mm -hmm. We've been in the thick of you know, really in our emotions and, you know, we've said all sorts of things. We've dropped ultimatums, <laughs> you know, we've stormed off, we've stormed in. I mean, there's 
There's the list is endless. But here's the thing. On some level, for the first time in your life, you felt safe enough to bring these things to light. Absolutely. To allow these things to be seen. Yeah. And that's how I serve you. Hmm. And I would argue that the fact that all this is coming out rather than staying in is actually the biggest sign that this is the right relationship for both of us to be in. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, our intention, one of our deepest intentions in creating this podcast is to share with you all how to work with these things so that you can create growth and success in your relationship. Because a relationship left with conflict unresolved or unaddressed is going to be a relationship with conflict. However, there are many, many powerful ways to transform conflict so that you can see the larger purpose behind the conflict and so that you can understand what is there for you to learn and what the gift is behind the conflict intention. And I'm going to go even further than that. If your relationship doesn't have conflict, your relationship is dead. Literally, it's dead because there's no movement. There's no aliveness, right? Relationships are designed to have conflict. You're, it's not that what we're looking for is a relationship that's completely devoid of conflict where you know, you're in perfect communication and perfect synchronization. It's you never argue. Nothing ever goes awry. You'd get so bored. You'd get so bored. And here's the thing. If that's the case, then I would guarantee that there is no intimacy, right? But there is no actual flow of energy. Right. Esther, Esther Perel says, trust doesn't come from not having conflict. Trust is built when you can, with your partner, work your way through the conflict into resolution. Right. Right. Exactly. So what we're looking for is not a relationship that's completely free of conflict, right? Even though we might feel like that sometimes when we're in the thick of the conflict. So what are we looking for? Why, why is conflict such a prevalent thing? And why does all of this, why do the wheels fall off the bus and 60% or 50% of the people who get married end up divorced? And, you know, people in long-term relationships, they break up all the time. And pretty much no one's, you know, really happy these days in relationships. Here's the thing. It's how we look at conflicts. Right? It's our perspective on conflicts that's the problem. It's not the conflict itself. Just like the bodyguards, when we look at conflicts as an undesirable entity that needs to be exercised or excised from our relationship, then what we're automatically doing is creating a resistance to the reality that's present right now. Right? And as soon as we see we look at things from that perspective that What's happening right now, conflict, is bad. What we need is no conflict, which is good. Then we're creating essentially a massive amount of resistance to what's here now, which is a great recipe for um, essentially a lot of unhappiness, resentment, regret, and all sorts of not fun emotions. So how do we approach conflicts? How do we look at conflicts? What is the spiritual purpose behind conflicts. Conflicts 
are just a way to process things that haven't gone processed before. Mm. Right? So number one, conflicts are a good thing. If you're having conflicts in a relationship, that means there is an aliveness to your relationship, that there's movement, there's energy, right? So that's a great thing. Two, if you're having conflict, it means that you're with the right person, actually, because all conflict is a pointer. It's a sign, right? Just like when you're driving on the road, there are signs that tell you the way. All the conflict that you experience in your relationships are a sign that are pointing to the work that needs to be done. And 100% of the time, the work that needs to be done is inside you. It's not inside your partner. And I mean, I've forgotten this many times. So when I say this, don't think that, you know, I do this 100% perfectly, 100% of the time, far be it. And one of the things we're doing in this, in the show is actually exposing our guts So you see how all of this works and it's not about getting it perfect. So the the conflict is actually a sign pointing to where work needs to be done. And when I say work, what I really mean is attention needs to be paid because these are parts of ourselves that have been left unattended from long ago. And now there's been so much discomfort built in that the only way we can access this is by projecting it onto our partner. So number three, the person that you're playing out this conflict with is actually a gift. Mm. They're not the bane of your existence. They're not the curse. They're not the blemish on your life as much as it may feel like that in the middle of conflict. They're actually a gift. Why are they a gift? They're a gift because they are essentially agreeing to be there to receive your projection, to help you see what's happening inside you. If you dare to go there, right? If you dare to introspect, they're showing you what's happening inside you, right? By receiving your anger, by receiving all your emotions. So number three, they're not a nuisance in your life, someone to get rid of, they're actually a gift. You're a gift. Aww. You're a gift. <laughs> so I invite you to try that on. Ani said, you know, if you dare, it can feel like a, a scary place to go because it is so much easier to point fingers and place blame on others. And I say that from personal experience. I've done it many times to this, this guy. Um, And I promise you that on the other side of that, there is a place of true safety and surrender and a resting within yourself. And so many of us are searching for that safety in others or things outside of us. And if you take me up on the journey, if you decide to go on this journey, then know you will find your way back home and you will find yourself within yourself. You know, I have to say, I'm really grateful for all the conflicts that we've experienced. Me too. And I'm, I'm really glad that you feel safe enough in this relationship to allow those parts of yourself to be seen. And thank you for holding me. Yeah. And with, with such reverence and such honor, thank you for creating the safe haven for me to heal through things that I've been holding on to for decades.
it's a real privilege and honor to be on this journey with you. And, you know, this is really, this is the whole point of relationships. So we started this conversation with the premise that, you know, relationships are these containers, these spiritual containers for our growth. And our partners are these gifts that we find to do the work with. And when we think of relationships as, as that, as this journey of knowing ourselves at a deeper and deeper level and growing ourselves and evolving, and when we see our partners as, you know, our partners in that process, and when we stop seeing conflict as this undesirable thing to get rid of, and we start seeing conflict as just these waypoints, these milestones, these road signs that are guiding us, then we start to look at our partners and our relationships in a completely different way. And sometimes that is the perspective shift that's needed to go from being on the verge of breaking up with someone, being fed up with someone, and sometimes magically switching into a place of gratitude and appreciation because they're helping us do the work. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much for tuning in today, everyone. Uh, We hope we provided some helpful perspective or something that allows you to view your relationship, conflict, and the moments that seem really challenging, the tendencies that seem just irreconcilable. We hope that there is a gift for you in this. Wishing you all much love and good vibes. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you made it this far, it probably means that you enjoyed listening, learned a lot, and are one step closer to deeper intimacy. To help couples like you discover the show and transform their lives, please consider leaving a five-star review and hitting subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at untamed underscore intimacy. We'd love to hear from you there. If you want to be the first to gain access to exclusive content, practices, and tools to create untamed intimacy in your life, join our mailing list by clicking the link in the show notes. You'll receive powerfully curated content that's no bullshit and pure love. And if you want to learn more about creating untamed intimacy in your life, then visit us at untamedintimacy.com. We see you and we appreciate you. Until next time, much love and good vibes.